Well, good evening and welcome to our Carols by Candlelight 2020. It's good to have people here in the church building and uh, those at home around the UK. And of course, there are those that are joining us from abroad. Um, I've seen South Africa and I've seen Canada. So uh, we're, we're multi-international uh, tonight. France as well. Yeah, I noticed that one, but uh, welcome to those in France. Um, just for those here in the church building, uh, just a, a little reminder to you that there is to be no singing. Now, those behind me are allowed to sing, otherwise it will be a very silent night. Um, but uh, please, would you uh, have your face coverings covering your nose and your mouth at all time, please, and uh, no singing. But please feel free to stand or to sit as the carols are sung to us. Now, the service will flow from one item to another without me having to stand up and introduce them. Uh, so for those reading from home, which is all of them, uh, please unmute yourself uh, after the carol and then do the reading and then remute yourselves again. So let me pray and then we'll get underway. Father, everything we need is found in you. As we gather together this evening to celebrate the coming of your son and our savior, we pray that by your spirit, you will meet with us and speak to us through the carols, the readings and the sermon. For those of us who come here feeling sad and disappointed by the news of a very different Christmas this year. We pray that you'll bring your peace and your joy, that we may focus on you while we meet together through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
The first reading is taken from Micah, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Marshal your troops, O city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. When the Assyrians invade our land and marches through our fortresses, we will raise against them seven shepherds, even eight leaders of men. Thank you. 
The second reading is from Isaiah 9, verses 2 to 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the shadow, sorry, living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it, with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this.
Third reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, 26 to 38, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her own old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her.
verses 1 to 7, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Luke 
chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. The shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will turn our hearts towards you as Christmas approaches. Let's not get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season this year and miss the chance to celebrate the gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love that you sent to us on that first Christmas. That first Christmas, you gave us the gift of hope wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Father, we thank you for our families and all they mean to us. It may not be possible to get together for our Christmas celebrations, but we thank you for the technology that will allow us to meet together remotely as we are doing this evening. We pray for all those who have lost a loved one this year, and this will be the first Christmas without them. We pray for your peace, your love, and your comfort to surround them at this special time of year. Father, we lift before you all those who will be alone this Christmas. We pray that you have placed their names on our hearts and we will respond by phoning them or meeting them outside. But we thank you that you have promised never to leave us. So we know that you are there beside us at all times. May we all feel your presence at this difficult time. We pray for all those in our families and our fellowships who are unwell at this time. We pray that you will provide all that they need and bring healing to them. But this evening, we particularly lift David and Ros Weaver before you. Dave has had a bad fall and hurt his head and is at the hospital. But we do thank you for the two off-duty paramedics who were there and able to bandage him up. We pray for his healing, but we also pray for Ros that you will give her your peace and your comfort and let her know that he is in the right place and you care and love them both. And Father, we do thank you that a vaccine has been found against COVID-19 and is being administered in the UK as well as other countries. We pray that the logistics of doing this will go smoothly and quickly. We pray that it will be successful and will allow the world to soon return to some sort of normality in our church life and in our everyday life. But we thank you that you are unchanging, that you're always there to support us, to encourage us and to give us the strength to cope with any situation. And so, Lord, at this Christmas time, while we celebrate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that through the power of your spirit, that you are with us now and will be forevermore. Amen.
minute, we're just going to watch uh, another video, but uh, a little introduction to it. Um, a few weeks ago, or maybe a bit longer, uh, one of the mums that comes to our toddlers group uh, contacted Mark and uh, explained to Mark that she wanted to um, get Christmas hampers for those in the community that were in need. And she wanted to partner with the church. And so uh, over the last week or so, the hampers have all been uh, packed and delivered. And we thought it'd be good to share what has happened with the fellowship. I missed the reading, so we'll, we'll have the reading first and then the video. Thank you. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they, they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I'm Charlotte and I'm the person behind the Winter Hamper Initiative. With 2020 being such a challenging year for all of us, I started thinking about what I could do for families that found themselves in a less fortunate position and came up with the Winter Hampers. So with this in mind, I started spreading the word and uh, soon had many volunteers all very eager to help me and with the Just Giving page going live donations just came pouring in from from the community and and from other people so it started with selection packs of chocolates and uh, family circle biscuits to Christmas crackers and uh, it was beginning to fill my garage up um, and mince pies uh, all, uh, all sort of pouring out every time I opened my garage door. So I started to think that maybe um, I couldn't do this alone. And thankfully, I knew of Heather Vale Baptist Church and 
how lovely the people are there. So I contacted Jude, who got me in touch with Mark, and uh, and from there it just seemed to sail so much more smoothly. Um, so bless him, you've done an amazing job, and uh, and I can't thank you enough for the storage and the volunteering and the packing of hampers, um, and then tomorrow you'll be helping distribute them as well. So I can't thank you all enough for all of your help. So with a little brainstorming, we came up with um, a list of goods um, and treats that can go in our hampers. And I went about sourcing where I could get these, uh, these, these, these the produce from. And uh, Lidl and the co-op, uh, both our local branches, um, came up trumps for us in a, in a, in a huge way. And um, with, the, with the funds from the Just Giving, we paid for the Lidl shop um, and they very kindly offered us um, a few staff to, to uh, get the food from Lidl to the church. Um, it was all uh, it was all a bit of a commotion, but we did it in the end. We got there, um, and then on Thursday we packed all our hampers up, and there were six of us, and amazingly um, did it within a few hours, um, and uh, and they're all ready, waiting to be delivered um, tomorrow to the schools and to lots of families in our local area. So. I mean, it has been a truly humbling experience to see our community come together and businesses. Um, and it's been a joy to, to see my idea come to fruition. So thank you all very much um, for helping, donating and volunteering their time. And, uh, and may I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Thank left for me to say is a really big thank you to Charlotte and her team and to all of you at Heatherbell for your support, service, generosity and giving and prayers. But there is just one thing that I'd like to add to what Charlotte said earlier. Charlotte and her husband Dwayne have spent the last couple of weeks traipsing round the greengrocers in the local area collecting fruit and veg crates to be used for the Christmas hampers. Now, on the day we came to pack, they'd exhausted all the supplies of crates and had managed to collect a total of 126 crates. We were planning on packing 140 hampers, so we had a deficit of 14 crates and we didn't know how we were going to fill that gap.
We started packing anyway. After about an hour and a half, I decided to check how many hampers we'd packed. Incredibly, we'd already packed 65 hampers. And counting the number of empty crates we had left, there were 61. Totaling the 126 crates that we had at the start. We decided we'd have to use some of the boxes that the food came in for the final few crates. Not as nice, but needs must. So we continued packing. And as we were coming towards the final few unused crates, Charlotte and I counted the completed hampers. To our complete amazement, we'd completed exactly 140 hampers. We'd reached our target, but there were still five empty crates left. Now, I don't know where these crates came from. I just know that we had 126 at the start and we'd packed 140 complete hampers with five crates left over. The story of the five loaves and two fishes springs to mind. I don't know, but I'll let you decide. So once again, I just finally wanted to say thank you to Charlotte and her team and to all of you that helped and donated and prayed. Thank you so much. Just before Martin comes to speak, I think it'd be good if we uh, pray for those uh, hampers that have gone out and uh, that God will bless them. Father, we thank you for the initiative that you placed on Charlotte's heart. We thank you for her love and her concern for those in need in our community. And we thank you that she was pointed to Jude and then to Mark and to the fellowship here. Lord, as those uh, hampers have gone out, Lord, we pray that they will be a blessing to every family that received them, that uh, there will be joy in those households because of what they've received. But Lord, they go with our love and we would ask you to bless each family, not only meet their physical needs, but their spiritual needs too, in Jesus' name. And Father, as Martin comes to speak now, we thank you for the word that you've laid on his heart and Lord, we pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to receive from him, that you will bless him as he speaks and bless us as we receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd just like to... Uh... Uh, to thank Mark for putting that video together and also for all of his hard work in uh, running with Charlotte, the, uh, the Christmas hamper initiative in, in the community. Uh, it's, and, and to Steve for putting together all the music tonight and the, the teams that have made uh, this evening happen. I just thank you all uh, for all your hard work and for all the support of the church uh, through what has been a really, really difficult uh, time. But it's great to see some of you in church uh, tonight here with us. 
and it's great to have a lot of you on Zoom with us too. Um, we hope that this service just goes some way to bringing a little bit of joy and uh, of Christ's light into your lives at this uh, rather dark time. But I just wanted to say it's been such a joy and a privilege for us as a church to support this uh, Christmas hamper initiative in our local community, Helping Hands. It, it, I was watching that video, I, was, I, was, I had a bit of a lump in my throat when I, when I was thinking about, you know, all the people in, in our community that, uh, you know, are on free school meals and don't have a lot, and that we were able in some small way to express our solidarity with them, and that we were able to work together with the community, because it's not just this church, people from across the community have donated to make these hampers happen. And so I think especially at this time, it's such a, a statement that we are literally all in this together, that as a community, we're, we're here for one another and we want to express compassion and generosity and justice together at this, at this crucial time. And there is something in us as human beings, isn't it, that wants to reach out and help others the Christmas um, hampers are a great example of this intrinsic generosity and compassion that's built into us as human beings. Uh, the John Lewis Christmas advert that we played at the start of the service taps into that sense of neighborliness, that sense that built into the human being is a, is a desire to reach out and help one another. And also just thinking about the Marcus Rashford campaign this year, this this sense of justice, this sense of compassion is kind of wired into us as human beings. In The Art of Loving, um, the psychologist Eric Fromm wrote this, giving is more joyous than receiving because in the act of giving lies the expression of our aliveness. We are most alive when as human beings we give and we do justice and we express compassion to one another. In the growth of communities to which we are genuinely dedicated, we experience aliveness as human beings. The person that we care for, whether it's a community or any living thing, such as the environment, empowers us when we show justice and compassion. When we do things for others, when we serve, we feel happier. And when we hear about others' kind deeds, whether small acts of kindness in our local community or big national projects like the Marcus Rashford campaign, we feel happier. When we hear stories of kind and loving acts, we feel goosebumps and we sometimes find ourselves in tears. It seems that as human beings, we are wired to be inspired about hearing about the loving and good acts of others. I want to ask though, why is this? Why as human beings do we seem to be wired for compassion and kindness and love and care? Well, some scientists will tell you that acts of kindness and collaboration have evolved in us as human beings because when we seek the collective good, we survive better and we build stronger, stronger communities. In other words, it's a kind of evolutionary process that's happened in human beings. Well, 
That seems to me a grossly inadequate explanation. It seems to me that when we desire to help others, there's something intrinsically built into us as, as human beings that wants to connect and express love and justice to others. We feel more alive when we express love for one another. We're not just biochemical machines acting collaboratively as a response in order to preserve our species. We are at heart, we are moral and loving beings. Why? Well, the Bible says that God is love. And the Bible says that human beings have been made in the image of God. In other words, as we love one another and express kindness and compassion and justice, we are expressing and the very nature of God himself. We feel most alive when we do this because God is love. And when we express that love, we are expressing the very character of the person, the one who made us and made us to be loving. The Bible says that God in his very nature is loving. That famous verse, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him might not die, but have eternal life. God made us as human beings to look after his creation and to love and serve him. Adam and Eve enjoyed a personal relationship with God of intimacy and love, where they enjoyed God's close company and in a creation without suffering and death and injustice. But ever, ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God, the creation has been cursed. We live with a sense of things are not as they should be. There is pain, there is suffering, there is conflict, there is injustice, there is environmental degradation, species are disappearing, there is poverty. We sense that things are not as they should be and that's because ever since Adam and Eve first rebelled, we as human beings have rebelled against God and have lived as though God doesn't exist and we have harmed and spoilt his good creation and spoil our relationship with him and with one another. But something of God's love still lives in us. We are marred creatures, fallen creatures, but we are still made in the image of God. And that's why we still desire to do justice and love one another and show compassion. But the only way that we can love fully as we were created to love is when we love God and then love others out of the love that God has already poured into us. And God showed his love for us by sending his son to die for our sin. The sin that separates us from God was taken by Jesus when he died on the cross. And Jesus was separated from his father so that we will can never need to be separated from God. But in order to receive this fellowship and this love of God, we need to bring our selfishness, our self-centeredness to God and ask him to forgive it and remove it. And he will do so if we bring it to the cross. And then we can know God's love for us and we can express that love to our neighbors, family and community. 
You know, you and I were created to enjoy a loving relationship with God as father and creator. And we can only enjoy that love, that relationship in this life and for eternity if we come to Jesus, who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And if we will come to him and receive the forgiveness that he offers, he promises us not just joy and fullness of life in this life, but life eternal beyond death. And he promises to fill us with his love and that we will overflow with love for one another and for our community. So my prayer for us this Christmas is that we would overflow with God's love and share it with our local community. I would invite you, if you're not yet a Christian and are listening online, or even if you're here tonight, we, Mark is running an Alpha course online in January. And if you'd like to find out more about why God sent his son Jesus to die for you so that you might know him and experience his love, why don't you come to Alpha in January? Visit our church website and sign up through the website to an Alpha course where you can find out more about the God of love who gave his son for you at Christmas. Thank you. Christmas time, but forevermore. Amen. Can I have my thanks to everyone that has been part of this evening? Really appreciate all your efforts. Uh, if you would like to join us, we will have another Zoom and live uh, service on Christmas Day at 10 a.m. If you're able to come along, uh, we'd love to see you here or we'd love to see you online. Well, it just leaves me to wish you all a very happy Christmas, uh, despite the circumstances that we find ourselves in. 
and may it be a real blessed one this year. Thank you.